Thank you again for joining me. I'm Sandy Waters, and this is Neighbors in Need. Today, we're talking about the disease that could impact and affect any one of us. We're speaking about Alzheimer's today, and we have Samantha in from the Alzheimer's Association. Um, Thank you so much for taking time for us today. Thanks for having me. Okay, first, how the heck do you say this word? (laughs) Alzheimer's? Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's. It is a difficult word. Uh, (laughs) I wish we could change it, but, you know, it is. uh, Allo is Alzheimer's is who discovered uh, Alzheimer's disease, and so that's how it is named, and so we are stuck with his last name. Anybody else grow up thinking it was Alzheimer's? I certainly did. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot easier. Alzheimer's. Uh, Okay, whatever. (laughs) Alzheimer's Association, however you say it, Mm -hmm. it's it's something that we got to... We get a rally around because there's so many unanswered questions. There's so much more research that needs to be done. There are there. So there are five million people in the United States currently living with dementia. Five million. Yes, and uh, it, you know it's it's not only a burden on those of us that suffer, are living with the disease, but it's also a burden on all the caregivers. Um, yeah. You know, they estimate that for every person living with dementia, they have about four or five family caregivers or friends or neighbors that are all a part of helping them to live with the disease. And, uh, you know, it affects a lot of people out there. So we really need to work toward finding that cure. And it's one of those really heartbreaking diseases. I mean, they all are. Anytime you're living with anything that, you know, is called a disease, it's heartbreaking to watch a loved one. But this specifically, because it tends to be your mom, who was there for, who was your rock, who was the person who took care of you, your dad, your grandparents, and then you watch them forget who you are or, you know, forget how to do the simple things in life. Absolutely. It, you know, it's unlike other diseases that can be difficult and cause pain and physical yeah. problems. This is one that, you know, really affects your relationships, which is really tough for a lot of people. Um, you know, you see it a lot in family members. Maybe, you, you know, you don't live near your parents and you come home for a holiday or a birthday and you see them and you've seen this decline and it, it happens, you know, se- seemingly overnight, although it's probably something that's been going on for a while. And, and it's very difficult because it changes your whole relationship with that person. Yeah. Now, when you said it, it, sometimes it could be going on for a while. Is there anything like early detection sometimes is a good thing with this Absolutely. We get that question a lot because, um, you know, because there is no cure and there is no way necessarily to slow it down right now. Uh, we get a lot of questions of what does it matter if it's detected? What, you know, how, but the, the reason why you want to have early detection, you want to know about it is because you can manage it better. Um, okay. So, you know, they they believe that with um, some of the things that you can do to manage dementia, that you can actually age in place for longer, sometimes up to one to two years longer um, instead of going maybe into oh. a facility, which, you know, can change finance, financial situations. It's, you know, can be really nice for a family to have a little more extra time with a loved one. Yeah. So it really, managing it can make a big difference in, in the family's life. And I know it's different for everybody. Everybody uh, lives with dementia a little bit differently and it progresses a little bit differently for everybody. But when you say manage it, what do you mean? So there's lots of different ways to, to sort of manage it. Um, you know, some of it is figuring out how to deal with some difficult situations. For instance, you know, there are problems that people deal with, like wandering, um, where you'll have the loved one will sort of think that they're going for a walk and they sort of get confused and get lost. And how do you deal with that? 
Um, the Alzheimer's Association, for instance, offers things like we, we have a program that you can have a medic alert bracelet placed on not only the loved one with dementia, but even yourself. So if something happens to you, so they'll know that you have a loved one that you're a caregiver for that may need help. Oh, um, oh. If, you know, if you're in a car accident and, and go to the yeah. hospital. So um, things like that that are really important because, you know, wandering doesn't seem to be an issue until it happens one day. And then yeah. you need to be prepared for those types of things. At what point? At what point do you say, okay, I have to convince my loved one they need either to move in with me or we need to find a place for them? You know, it, it's sort of different for everybody. It depends on the situation that you're in. Um, we have some wonderful experts and social workers at the Alzheimer's Association that can talk you through those types of decisions, and even the decisions way before that, like you know, maybe when is it time to have mom or dad stop driving? Um, you know, things yeah. like that that maybe happen sort of early on that is just not a safe situation. And, and they can help you and help you talk to your doctors about evaluating the situation and, and sort of what are the next best steps. Um, so th- our, we have a 24-hour helpline. That's a wonderful resource um, because it can be middle of the night on a Saturday and somebody is there to sort of talk you through maybe what's going on. Gosh, I don't know if enough people realize that, that you are there 24-7. 24-7, it's an 800 number, 800-272-3900, and somebody will answer that call and be able to, to help you in whatever situation you may be in. Um, and, you know, it's it's a line that's wonderful because it can be used if you're in sort of what we call a crisis where something is happening now. You know, maybe mo- mom or dad who's living with dementia got up in the middle of the night and they're agitated and you're not quite sure how to calm them down. Mm. But it also can be used as it just may be the t- only time you've got to call and it may be a late night and you put your kids to bed and you, you yeah. want some answers to questions and you can call and just get some information or a referral to who, what a medical you know practitioner you could talk to. And that's to. a big thing, the referrals. You want to go to doctors that you know will really take care of mom or dad or whoever it may be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and any question you have. There's no off-limit question. There's no off-limit question. And, you know, they they can walk you through it. And like I said, and if they can't answer it, they can lead you to someone who can. Um, They they can refer you to people that can help with insurance paperwork. Um, Oh, God, yeah. You know, we offer respite, which is a program where they will have a home health aide come into your home for, say, an hour so you can get out and go to church or go grocery shopping or do something for you to make your life a little bit easier. So all those resources are totally available and almost all of them are free. Wow. Okay, so what is the one resource that you think that not enough people are taking advantage of just because they're not aware? Um, probably, if, if I had to say, I would say it's probably our support groups. Um, okay. We do have a lot of people that come to our support groups, but I think, um, and they're not for everybody. I think every situation is different. But yeah. when you can be among a group of people that are all sort of dealing with your same struggles and um, living your daily life in in their own ways and to hear about, you know, their wins and losses and yeah. um, can be really, really wonderful. And um, we've had some people that have just, it, it's changed their lives just to have that connection to others that are, are you know, figuring out yeah. how to live with this. Um, and, you know, it's the caregiver life is difficult. It's not an easy, easy thing to go through. And, and to have sort of that friendship that you can have with others that understand you can be very helpful. And we say, we often say it takes a village to raise a kid. Well, it takes a village to take care of somebody with dementia. It's very true, especially in, you know, when it's, you know, you talked earlier about maybe being mom and dad and and you have your, maybe your family of your own and you've got a job full time and you're trying to take care of every kind of everybody. 
um, it, it can't it's it's it can be difficult. So um, you know, all these resources are available to help along that journey. Alzheimer's Association. Uh, we're in with Sam, and we're just learning a little bit more about dementia and Alzheimer's. And I want to get into how. Um, how is the best way to take care of somebody who's living with it? But first, let's talk about the conference that you guys just got back from. Yeah, so we had about a month ago uh, our annual conference in London. It's an international conference of researchers that come together and all talk about their recent findings, what's been going on in the last year, and share information. Uh, and it's a really wonderful way to show the progress that we're making toward you know, our, our mission for a cure. Okay, so what are some findings that you thought were, oh, wow, that's surprising. So some of the findings, um, one was that they uh, determined in one study that they think up to one-third or 35% of dementia cases are actually preventable through lifestyle changes. Um, so they identified these nine risk factors um, that all have a connection to dementia and Alzheimer's later in life. So those risk factors included actually early education, hypertension, obesity, hearing loss, depression, diabetes, physical inactivity, smoking, and low social contact. Um, So those are all, you know, some of those we already knew about. Some of them are sort of new. And I think it's just, it reinforces the idea that, you know, by living a healthy lifestyle and trying to keep some of these things in check, that we can reduce our risk and try to prevent um, dementia. Yeah, the early childhood education, that was like, oh, really? Mm -hmm. And the hearing loss. Mm -hmm. Physical activity is, is big. Yeah. Social contact is really big as well. And, you know, some of those factors may be tied together. Um, if you're sort of experiencing some hearing loss, maybe you're sort of uncomfortable in groups of people. So maybe you pull back socially a little bit and sort of they can work together and sort of ah, hurt, hurt your, okay. you in, in the long run. So, um, you know, the, all those things are it's important to manage hearing loss. It's important to be out there and keep your social network and the things that you love to do. You got to keep doing them. Now, every time you guys come in, you always say to treat your brain, because it is like a muscle. Mm-hmm. If you don't work out that muscle, it won't stay strong. When you, as you age, as you get older, is it smart or is it encouraged to force yourself to learn new things because it keeps working out that muscle? Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's important to learn new things. It's also important to just do the things that you're passionate about. Um, you know, there's been some really interesting studies they found of people that have, you know, had dementia and progressed through the disease, but they don't forget things like a certain skill that they may have had. Oh. Or, um, for instance, we've had some interesting things where somebody late in life who was who was living with dementia picked up and found out that they could paint and created some beautiful works of art and used sort of a different part of their brain. Um, so, you know, that's all sort of part of this. It's really interesting how the brain works, and we're, yeah. we're continuing to learn about it. But most importantly, you're right, learning new things and continuing to, to progress in the things that you care about and you love to do are really, really important. My, uh, my little one, eight-year-old, is taking guitar, right? So my mm. dad pulled out his guitar, which I've never once seen him play. I mean, it was <laughs> like before he had us. He pulls it out and he goes, I'm going to start learning. And he's playing like music that actually sounds like music. I'm like, Dad, this is so good for you at your age. We have social activities that um, you can be a part of through the Alzheimer's Association. And they do things like art. They do things like music. They do dance. Um, you know, as simple as they'll go to museums, take trips to museums and learn a little bit okay. um, there. So those opportunities are even available to you at that level if that's something you're interested in. Now, as a caregiver, mm-hmm. give us some tips. Give us some advice. Um, you know, use your network. <laughs> I think okay. that's the biggest thing. Um, I think caregivers have to know that they're not alone. 
Um, and there are not only friends and neighbors, you know, you, you, when something sort of bad happens in life, you always have those neighbors that say, anything you need, let me know. And how often do we take them up on it? Right. right? But we should, I mean, this is your opportunity when you're, when you're in a difficult place and especially with dementia, when, you know, your loved one can live with this disease for years, you know, it can be a 10 year journey, um, that, you know, it's important to take friends and family up on opportunities and to reach out to, you know, association like us or other groups that can sort of offer assistance uh, is really important to keep that going. What is the one thing that caregivers do that kind of makes you cringe? Don't take care of themselves. Honestly, ah. that that's that's big. And they there's there also is a lot of research that says that actually people who are caregivers tend to have um, like worse health than people who aren't oh, caregivers because yeah, they stop. Yeah. They don't worry about themselves. You know, just like a lot of moms and dads out there who are worried about yeah. their kids and don't go to the doctor and, yeah. you know, aren't sleeping right. And all of a sudden they find themselves, you know, sick with okay. a cold. It's it's a similar thing where you have to pay attention to you and take care of you. And that will allow you to be a better caregiver to your loved one. All right, let's go through some scenarios and help us deal with how to take care of them. So dad's driving and you could tell he probably shouldn't be behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. But he is so darn stubborn. <laughs> That he refuses to give up the keys. How do you navigate that situation? You know, that's a great opportunity to actually talk to your doctor. Um, okay. You know, they... they Have the doctor relayed the, the bad news? Apps, it, can, it can be a lot easier <laughs> okay, that way. Okay. Um, and in fact, you know, going to a doctor and talking about maybe some of the issues that are going on, doctors can actually request, I think, that license be, be taken away, things like that. So sometimes, um, you know, not not being that bad guy can be really helpful. But I think also sitting down and talking through the, you know, the safety risks and, you know, you care about, obviously, your, your dad and you don't want anything to happen to him or to happen to anybody else and sharing sort of the concern part of it. Um, maybe an easier way to have that conversation. All right. What if mom, you walk in the house, she has no clue who you are, or she thinks you're three years old again. Mm -hmm. In that moment, you, you want to downplay any stress that you can. Um, so you don't want to be too, you know, stress out the situation. Um, and like I said, we have some wonderful social workers that are available to sort of talk you through all of those situations and how to deal with them. Um, but in fact, some lovely stories come out of things like that. Um, we have a, a constituent of ours uh, who is living with dementia, and his wife has told us that he has asked her to marry him three times Aww. in the past 10 years, and they've been married forever, and just he is falling in love with her all over again like they're young. Um, and it's it's very, very sweet, actually, in many ways. Just get in their world, wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Just follow. Are they in pain? I don't know. I think that's our big concern when, when we witness. I don't think it's the physical pain, you know, like you would think with other injuries that you may have to your body. Um, you know, a lot of times it's the confusion can be what's the hardest part, because mm-hmm. in many ways, especially sort of early, they know they're confused. Um, mm-hmm. They know something's not right or maybe that they've asked this question before and it do they feels it, early on they can. Okay. Um, and, you know, we actually have a whole series um, of education classes for people that are maybe just diagnosed Mm -hmm. um, and they can sort of learn some of the strategies to understand what's going on with them and how to deal with that because that is sort of its own difficulty when you sort of know something's not right it's especially once you get to a certain point um, in the progression uh, it can be much harder on the caregivers just be loving caring 
yeah, be there for them, you know, be, um, participate in their life, keep them socially active as much as you can. Um, you know, those are all really, they're good for the person living with dementia, but they're good for the family as well. Wonderful. And again, we can reach out to you anytime if you want to give the phone number and the website again one more time. Absolutely. So our phone number is 800-272-3900. And again, that is 24-7 availability. And our website is alz.org backslash Rochester, New York. Perfect. And then there's a big walk on October 21st. It's the walk to end Alzheimer's at uh, Frontier Field. And then a little bit before that, October 7th is the Canandaigua walk. But October 21st, Frontier Field. We'll meet you out there. 3,000 people. Right? Yes. Yes. It should be packed and a lot of fun. Bring the kids. Bring the whole family. Great time. Okay. Walk to end Alzheimer's. Sam, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.